Hey, Sports Without Balls fans, happy summer. It's August. What happened? It was just New Year's Eve. Okay, good. Everything's going to be fine. We're on episode 54. We have an amazing episode today. I'm super excited. Uh, Before we begin, as we always begin, huge shout out to allthingscomedy.com. Amazing podcast. There's new ones every week. Uh, The existing podcasts, whatever that word is, uh, the existing podcasts are amazing. So check them out and laugh and uh, be happy. Uh, We have a fantastic episode today. Uh, She is an athletic trainer to the stars, everybody, and she makes my back whole on a monthly basis. Please welcome Alex Laws to the show. Thanks, Aaron, for having me on. Oh my God, of course. So we have a lot to discuss. I thought you would be such a fantastic uh, guest on this podcast because, you know, we cover... Uh, you know, fandom, uh, comics joke around about sports. We've got ESPN writers, but uh, you train athletes. You are a healer. I met you a couple of years ago now. Oh my God, seven years ago I met you? Holy crap, that's crazy. And you have been uh, slumming it with me financially and fixing my back now for seven years. But let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. Uh, You handle clients such as uh, Rob Durdick, Danny Way, Paul Rodriguez. Those are your professional skateboard dudes. Then you've got triathletes. Uh, how do you pronounce that woman's name? Michelle? McKeeley. <laughs> McKeeley Jones, Kate Major. Those are triathletes. Uh, uh, I Sugiyama, Jill Krabus, tennis. I mean, you're on fire. Before we get into the, all the training, you were a triathlete. Correct. So let's talk about that amazingness. Okay. How did you get started in, in triathlons? Um, well, that's I, no fucking joke. Like every Aussie, you kind of grew up in the swimming pool and, um, I really enjoyed swimming and got to a national level at 14 and, um, my age group was, um, the Olympic team. Oh my God. They were winning medals at the Olympics. Holy and crap. Yeah. It was when Australia was really competitive in the pool. And so I gave it a good shot at 15 and went and trained with a coach to see if I could make it to that level. I didn't. And then someone asked me to do a triathlon and um, I won it. Wow. And got sponsorship at 16. And Oh, wait. So you were swimming. You yeah, were swimming. swimming and you yeah. were, and you were com- like a competitive swimmer. Yeah. Holy crap. At nationals and all at that. At nationals in Australia. Yeah. And then... Uh, then you were like, then you were like, oh, I'm just going to do a triathlon. Yeah. Wait, let's break down triathlon. What is actually like the measurements or the distance? What is, what is it exactly? Well, they're all different. Okay. You swim first. Yeah. And no, I mean like, what is it? Is it? Oh yeah. Cause that's like, I'm thinking Ironman. Well, but what's Iron a typical. I did, I did Olympic distance, which okay. was, um, 1.5 kilometer swim, which okay. is 0.9 miles. Okay. 40 kilometer bike, which is 26.26 miles, and then a 10K run, which is 6.2 miles. Wow, that's awesome. And then there's a bunch of like different, you know, variations in that depending on the course and where they are and when they hold it. Yeah, so you just were like, all right, uh, no more pool. I'm just going to bust out a triathlon and you want it. Yeah. Holy crap. Sponsorship straight away. Wow. From who? um, There's this group of guys, they set me up with a wetsuit because it's an expensive sport. Yeah. You got the bike, you got the wetsuits, you got all the gear. It's a lot of gear. Yeah. adjusting and so um yeah went on and then you know made the Australian team for the Commonwealth Games and World Championships and just off I went that's amazing what was your favorite leg of it was this was it the swimming I actually liked the bike because I was out in front yeah on my own yeah and um I really liked the bike yeah and then the run was like I don't think anyone likes the run no well the runners (laughs) like the run that can't swim but I'd be like like going along waiting for them to run me down and I you know I just try and get as much of a gap on them as I could so but then the but you must have killed it in the water since you were a competitive swimmer yeah was everyone like holy shit she's so far out in front yeah I'd come way out in front wait can you can you I know we're like jumping here but I was, we were talking about like, you know, fun stories because right. I love, uh, you know, interviewing athletes and you're an athlete and then we'll talk about the whole training regime. But what was the, you got to tell the jellyfish story. All right. So I was, I was doing a um, national championship race to qualify for world championships and I was still at high school oh my and God. we're in Port Macquarie and, um, which I'm, is in New Jersey, right? Kidding. Australia? Uh, Actually, it's funny because there's some fun water stories. Australia is completely different to Europe and America when it comes to swimming in the waters. Yeah. 
and I'm swimming along and this jellyfish wraps its like tentacle around my neck and I can't get it off me. Were you losing was, your mind? Yeah, I was screaming. I was like getting off and part of me was like, this is a big race. Like, go get stuffed. Leave me alone. Pull it off. And then it's, we're in salt water too. But so they that, can kill you. I know. Well, this, thank goodness it was one of the killing ones in Australia. Yeah, but did you think that you're when you're swimming in, you know, off the Great Barrier Reef, I'm not sure exactly where it is, that this jellyfish is well, going to kill you? Here's the I thing. mean, Diana Nyad, she, she I, had a mask. I know, and this is the thing. In Australia, we dealt with delayed swim starts because there's a shark out there. Oh, my God. We look like a bunch of fucking Right, <laughs> right, right. And that's why I don't think I freaked out about it as much because we, we grew up with that. And then, oh, we're going to do the river swim at the Hell of the West Triathlon this weekend where crocodiles live. I, you people no. are insane. <laughs> and then the jellyfish. It's just like, whatever, just get off me so I can get on with my business, you know? Okay, we're going to pause this for a second. <laughs> you just said delayed starts. Uh, delayed starts because of a shark. How do Multiple. you know? How do you know the shark is just like not going to f- run, ba- swim back? Okay, so the the heli- I can't handle this. I'm already getting really stressed out. The helicopters that were had the camera crew in right. it for the race, they were the ones that told us. Now, me being the fastest swimmer, and then I, you know, you're going to get eaten first. No, I was like, I did not swim off the front of the pack that day. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to be in with the boys and just nestle myself in there to reduce the odds. Oh my god! Wait, so it's co-ed. Well, so, yeah, those ones were co-ed okay, that happen, okay. and it's only big world championships, all that that they you know single you out. I like swimming with the boys because I could get the draft with them and all that. Yeah, but I would say there was three starts. Wait, is this is this the same race or different? No, races? three different swim starts where we were delayed because there was a shark out there, and we're watching the chopper go along. And we're like, how do you know he hasn't just gone so deep? Yeah. And I didn't care that day how well I did in the swim. Yeah, because you're like, God, I hope I'm alive. Exactly. This is crazy. <laughs> so we had that and then the jellyfish and then... Wait, wait. Okay, hold on. I've got more questions. Okay. All right. So you jump in. They're like, So then the helicopter's like, everything's fine. We can't see the shark, which is insane. But I guess, you know, on the other hand, listen, like it's Australia. Like this is just something right. like you have to deal with. Right. I mean, we have land sharks in America. Right. Anybody get that? Sorry, live <laughs> reference. Uh, but like, so you jump in and like, you know, dudes, I'm sure are just like, yeah, whatever. I could eat it, you know, but like, you know, they've got that moch- machismo, but so were you, was anyone like, I'm out, like, I can't, I'm not going to do this. I don't know because I was trying to stay so focused. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I was just trying to stay really, really focused. So I just, I didn't pay attention to it. I yeah. just was like, I'm not swimming off the front this today. Yeah. And yeah. I just knew that. And my parents are there as well. And I'm like, I'm in my late teens. I, it's not like my mom or dad teenager. are like, hey, come on, yeah. we're not doing this one a day. Yeah. But I must admit, I think since then, you know, and this is 20 plus years ago, yeah. there's been more attacks. Like we didn't, there weren't the attacks as they are, you know, happening now, especially yeah. in Australia. So yeah. it was a little bit of a different time. Oh my God. Gee, this is crazy. All right. So then you go and then you've got a jellyfish wrapped yeah. around your neck. Was it stinging the crap out of you? Yeah. And then with the salt water, it killed on the bike. But oh my the funniest God. thing was... So it, how did you get it off? I think I, I just pulled it off. I just pulled it off because it was really, it was pretty quick. You would be so good on Survivor. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Lack of sleep. I'm not too sure. <laughs> That's, I mean, Jesus. But then it marked my neck and I have to go to school on the Monday. I keep thinking like this happened last week. You're, you're a teenager. Yeah, I was a teenager. I was 17 and I go to school and I've got this like red ring around my neck. Oh my God. Everyone thinks you're just making out with this dude the whole time. Exactly. 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 It was so funny. But what was interesting when, with, when I was thinking about these stories is Australia was about the sharks, the crocodiles and the jellyfish. Yeah. When I was racing in Europe, it was um, parasites in the water making your stomach sick. A lot of us got sick there. And then I finally come to America and I see turtles on the bottom of the water when I'm swimming. <laughs> it's real sweet over here. Real sweet. We've got I, some turtles. It's like I couldn't even even focus. I was like, oh my gosh, look at that turtle. And this was a, in a race off Hawaii. I'm like, oh, this is, this is the type of swimming I yeah, like. Yeah, so sweet. We got some sweet turtles on the bottom. That is my type of swimming. Yeah. Wow. So that's... That's so crazy. So what what part of Europe were you doing the tri- – so 
So is it one of those things where like, you know, um, as like a, you know, student athlete, you get pulled out of like, uh, you know, classes like when you're in high school and you have to go compete in Europe? Oh, no, I waited till I finished school. Okay. And okay. then I went, I turned professional and okay. then I did the summers in Australia and then the summers in Europe. So I was pretty much just racing all year round. Oh my God. So I'd go live in Europe for six months of the year and then back to Australia. What was your like favorite, uh, favorite European race? There was one in Spain in the Basque region. Wow. Which was so, uh, the beauty in, in Spain. Did I tell you I played high school basketball in Rhode Island? Okay, no, go ahead. <laughs> just want to let you know. I know you were, you were doing a triathlon at, eight, at 18 in the Basque region. I just, I was playing was just, uh, Class C for the smallest state in the union. Okay, keep going. It was just uh, the countryside and just, just seeing the world on your bike. That's so amazing. It was just amazing at that age. And it's just, I mean, we, I remember when there was a whole group of us from Australia went over there and we're like, Oh man, there's ruins. We're like ri- riding by ruins, like yeah. Stuff that's been there for ages because Australia's a relatively new country. Yeah, you know, like made two- of shark. The buildings are made of shark teeth. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's true. Carol, <laughs> fact check to see if Australian buildings are made of shark teeth. Dude, Carol's been sober for ten days. That's amazing. She's pretty quiet. Today. She got a library card. She's really coming together. She's thinking about running for Congress. Uh, we've a lot. This is, this is, uh, okay. So you're in the Basque region doing, tr- this is so great. All right. So then how do you, let's, we're going to like, kind of, we'll mm-hmm. do like a little, uh, whatever you call it, not outline. What is the thing? Timeline. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> yes. I need more coffee. So then you start do you, you were competing in San Diego. Yeah. So I decided the following year not to do Europe okay. and, um, Wanted to do America, so I came to I went came to San Diego where the bunch of Aussies were, okay. you know, you know, and training. I'm and sorry, Tindra, were you competing now, like still as a team or individually, or is individually? It, okay, okay, yeah, still individually, okay. still representing Australia. Um, but so I came to San Diego and was living with McKeely. She was like number one in the world at that time, so we're training partners. That was pretty awesome. And then just did the circuit here. Then we'd go back to Australia, do the and, circuit there. And what's the training like? Is, is it just like this is these are like my training questions that I'll, yeah. I'll I'll pepper through the episode if you will. Um when you think about like a sport like a like a tri, like being a triathlete like obviously you got to get in the pool, you got to be on the bike and running. But like what like what else? Like this is like top the line the the food, the yeah. weight training. I mean, that part's changed a lot because yeah. I've now worked with a lot of the pro athletes and we're incorporating it. Back in the day we didn't we yeah. did, we did um um buns of steel. Abs, <laughs> buns of steel with Tammy, I forget what her name was, and McKeely and I used to put the VC, you know, the VHS tape in there and do the little lab crunches on the ground. Oh my god, you did <laughs> buns of steel to be an Australian triathlete. We did. This buns is of steel. amazing. Yeah. and I'm going to do buns of steel right when I when we finish this. And it was funny because I had like no desire. I, yeah. I mean, I didn't think I was going to be in the field I'm in now. Yeah, but. You know, it's very different now. Yeah. Way more technical. I mean, even the food that and the recovery stuff we did, I mean, it's night and day now. Everything's changed. Yeah. Okay. So let's, that's, that's a good transition. So, so besides, all right, so you're lifting weights, you're doing buns of steel yeah. as you do. Was the diet, like, you know, it seems like today the diet, like you and I talk about the diet stuff all right. the time. Was the diet just like, you know, cigarettes and hamburgers or was yeah, it still I pretty? Mean, it, it was still like the high carbs and all that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah. the foods that we're eating now weren't even around there. I mean, like yeah. superfoods. Like, yeah. Yeah. There was no superfoods. There was no superfoods. There were super long I cigarettes. mean, even the electrolyte stuff that we had was just so, you know, uh, today now it's just fulvic minerals and, you know, colloidal this and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's a whole different world now. Yeah. So, all right, let's transition. You went from, uh, I feel like we could just do the entire podcast on triathlons because it's so interesting. <laughs> Uh, so you go from, you're in San Diego now, Yep. you're training, uh, and that's really cool that like, you know, it feels like some of that stuff could be like so isolating as like an individual sport athlete, you know, that, that you had these Aussies around you and like you're training. So it doesn't feel so like alone in it. Well, you don't train on your own. You train yeah. in groups. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's great because yeah. it's so when you, when you, when you, the, you know, the, when you start competing, the, the gun goes off. Oh, it's, it's on you. Then you're on your own. But yeah. we would ride with a group in the morning. Yeah. We would swim with the master's group at um, UCSD. And then we'd run track either just with a group of us or with a track group. Wow, that's you know, great. So you always got people. You need people around you to push you. But what an amazing experience. Like this is how you started out. Like now you're you have an insanely amazing career. But like just to... 
I mean, I guess that's what it is. It's like when you know, like you know what your your body is capable of. You did. Mm. I mean, you did like the ultimate, one of the most like you know physically demanding sports right. you know so to train these athletes now to have that background right. that's so kick-ass it's not like you were like i was a badminton champ from 86 to 88 <laughs> i mean nothing against badminton i right. love badminton right. but you know what i mean like to know like even just you just take swimming by like that's yeah. that's pretty kick-ass that must have like gave you a lot of confidence going into training well, it gives you a different mindset yeah than anyone else because you can understand a professional athlete's mindset 100 percent. i know yeah. what it's like being on the line at world championships with the pressure and the this and then you've got to still perform physically and yeah you know you're so nervous you run into the bathroom every 10 minutes it's like oh my god yeah you know and then during the event when stuff happens you know and then you got someone on your ass about to like run you down and you're you know you're hitting the wall and yeah i remember when my high school <laughs> played Pawtucket, and uh oh my god <laughs> We were down by five. I had forgotten my glasses, so I could barely see the hoop. And uh, my mom came at halftime and, and, and brought me my glasses. And then I was like, oh, I can focus, you know? <laughs> and we beat Pawtucket. It's pretty much like that. I think it's pretty it's pretty similar. I did forget my glasses, though, one time. That's hilarious. Uh, it was weird because I had these blue goggles. And I'm like, why am I not dating? And I've got low <laughs> self-esteem. It all came together when I got contacts. Uh, okay, so, all right, talk us to us. Now, you're, you're, you stop, you stop doing the triathlons. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you had a medical condition. Yeah, all those bugs and everything in the water in Europe pretty much, like, yeah. found a nice home in my stomach. Oh, my God. Yeah, uh, and back in the day, they weren't too sure what was going on. I just couldn't, I wasn't recovering, I couldn't. I, I just couldn't do the training that I was supposed to do. And yeah. I was like, what do I do? What do I do? And this is early 20s or mid-20s? Or mid yeah, early 20s. Okay. Like 20, yeah, 23. And I was just like, I just can't. Because you have to do a high volume of training yeah. to stay at that level. Yeah. And my physical body just was, you know, breaking down and getting tested. No one knew what was going on. It was a bit of a scary time. That's really scary. Yeah, because I thought I definitely had a lot longer. Yeah. And so... um I went back to Australia for a bit and I really realized I wanted to live here and I was in the process of getting my green card and and started, um, got my personal training license and that was kind of... So what does that mean, personal training license, went like in Australia? ACE, which yeah. is American Council on Exercise and, you know, it's fine for some people but it just didn't... I, I'd been around the Australian Institute of Sport, I'd been around sports science, I'd been around so much stuff. It just didn't like yeah. tickle my fancy a whole yeah. lot. So yeah. then... Um, you know, I had uh, ran into someone who introduced me to Paul Check, and that just changed my whole trajectory. And all right, so I know Paul Check just f- from you, right. obviously. So let's talk to our listeners about uh, what, like, th- what Paul, who Paul Check is yeah. and this f- training he, philosophy. He's one of the. Um, he really bought core training and the Swiss ball training to the oh, market. Oh wow! Yeah, back in the day. You know what? Twenty years ago, I yeah. used to walk around with that Swiss ball. People used to look at me like I was high as a kite. And he's just from sound base of knowledge. He has a program that's, you know, I think is more intense than any university program. And, um, you know, someone who's been given their masters of sports science because of their input. Yeah. Heavily researched, heavily read. Is he Australian or is he American? He's Canadian. He's Canadian. Okay. Lives in San Diego and he was just my mentor and he just took me under his wing. Yeah. From a very early age, I mean, I, I remember my first year, he had to, oh, i got to go to Australia. This guy's five days out of back surgery. This is what you need to do. Make sure you pay attention to it, otherwise it will be bad for your business. I mean, he just... He, so he just threw you into the threw, fire. He threw me in. He believed in me, and, and it was just, it was the best thing, and just really, um, I just loved it. I found yeah. what I wanted to do. Okay, so you trained, you studied with him. Yeah, okay. for quite a while. And so let's talk about that. The difference between like, okay, there's this level and then there's Paul Check. Right. Well, firstly, it's the education of the body and how the body works. And you put the body in the right position, it will heal itself really well. So someone had a back surgery, he keeps them moving and puts them through proper, you know, uh, strength positions to help the body heal. And these are sports injuries, right? Um, not necessarily. I think okay. This guy, was, this, this guy wasn't an athlete. Okay. No, he wasn't an athlete. And it's interesting how when you put the body in the right environment, it does heal amazingly well. Yeah. And so to have that at 23 years of age and see that was amazing. And then going on to the athletes, he then passed on to me, oh, he's having ACL surgery. You're normally out for three months. No, we got him back in six weeks. Wow. And it's just being, 
it, it, he just has this awesome i mean it's non aggressive approach it's what the body can handle and yeah. then i've gone through some surgeries myself yeah and tested it and it's just it's it's unbelievable i mean it doesn't feel great at the beginning well yeah it's physical therapy i mean you're you're, right. you're taking someone but out of really back push, surgery we push the envelope but with a really sound knowledge background yeah and so that's what he does and he teaches all these seminars on how to you know, make sure the body, body's balanced, how to evaluate it, how to correct it. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Well, no, I mean, just from my little, I, you know, I don't have obviously a lot of experience in this, but I herniated two discs playing college basketball right. and, you know, had two cortisone shots. They wanted to like operate. I was like, no effing way. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I yeah. found this like really good fit physical therapist in Rhode Island. And you really, the, the, the orthopedic surgeon looked at my back and he goes, and the first, or the first physical therapist was like, "Don't do anything. Just lie there and just rest." Right? right? Worst thing you could do. I Absolutely. don't know. I'm I'm 19. You know. Right. Second orthopedic surgeon surgeon looked at the X-rays on my back and was like, "Yeah, you have two herniated discs. Uh, there's, you know, she's he's like, you need physical therapy immediately. He's like, there's, he's like, I'm not operating. I'm not doing anything. He's like, you need to do all these exercises with this guy John, and he was amazing. Right. And so I, and so John gave me those McKenzie push-ups, right? Right. right. Uh, so th- there's this like technique uh, that takes the pressure pressure off the back immediately, and he's like, do as you know a gazillion of those and start walking. And m- my pain level went from like 890 to like you know 10 mm-hmm. within 48 hours, and mm-hmm. that's how I started getting so interested in this whole you know physical therapy and listeners uh just so you know i've been in and of physical therapy for like probably i don't know maybe 14 or 15 years before i met you yeah and we were i was working on a tv shoot alex this is how we met you were just there uh because you're you're also a photographer yeah so you're doing um photography on the shoot yeah and i think you saw me like grab my back or something like that and you're like oh you know, I, I'm a, I'm a trainer. Like I, you know, and I was just like, eh, all right, well, fine. But the way you spoke to me, I was like, oh, this woman knows exactly, you know, because after you, I, I've met, I've, yeah. you know, between New York, Rhode Island, LA, I've been in physical therapy for so long, you know, the good ones, you right, know? Right. And so then I went to you, you gave me like what to do and worked on my back. And I was like, Oh my God, you're, you're amazing. And you're like, well, I work with, and then you started listing your clients. And I was, I was like, actually in San Diego still at that yeah, time. Yeah, you were, but you were working with like, you know, all these pro- amazing professional athletes. I was like, Holy crap. Like you are by far the best I've ever worked with. And, and you know, to see the list of professional athletes you work with and how you handle yourself and how you talk to me about injury and food and mind body balance is, is pretty amazing. It's, it's super amazing. So, so you're in San Diego. And so that's how you started kind of transitioning into professional athletes was with, through, uh, through through Paul. Paul. Paul, Yeah. Paul put me in touch with, um, Danny way. Who's you know so well known? So I mean, tell people about Danny Way because if you don't know skateboarding, Danny jumped the Great Wall of China on a skateboard. He set all these world. He records. jumped the Great Wall of China on a skateboard. Yeah, I mean I've heard of him, but I'm you yeah. know I don't follow and skateboarding. And um, tore a ligament off his ankle, and then came back and we had six weeks to prep him for X Games, for the Big Air, and I have never worked so hard in my life. And we got it going, and he won the gold medal. Oh my god! I mean, as as a you know, that just gave me chills. That's so as amazing. Alyssa says she she she's funny. She goes, yeah, you hum, you put Humpty Dumpty back on the wall, <laughs> and I love. Oh, that. that's right, because Alyssa, who was our guest, yeah. uh, maybe a couple months ago, Alyssa uh, Ronick, she's she was an ESPN phenomenal ESPN writer, and she covers X Games, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, that's how we met. So that was your intro into X Games, because through, through, through Danny, Danny, and then worked with a lot of the other guys, Bucky Lassick, Bob Burnquist, um, all those boys, and then yeah. tra- travelled with them a little bit. And it's kind of exciting where they're doing something that, if if they make a mistake, they they could either seriously injure themselves or you know maybe die. Yeah, um, no, and, it's unbelievable. You know, they're constantly beating themselves they're, up. They're thrashing their bodies. Thrashing. It's not. I mean, it's. <laughs> It's different to where that you're coming from 30 feet in the air and you're dropping. Yeah. Right. So this is like traditional. I mean, I know the X games, but like, you know, if you, if you're like, oh, you know, uh, uh, 
big air or whatever like yeah, tagus so I that's just like air. is that one of the, the the traditional sort of you know uh you know you start on one side and you flip around on the yeah, other side yeah they come down a big huge ramp which ramp been to that the ramp is basically yeah, the ramp. word i could not find but ramp you go to the top of that thing and how many feet is oh it oh my gosh I, I think it's it's like 30 it's like five stories or something oh my god that's i went crazy. to the top just to see and yeah down i'm like i mean it's it's gnarly and yeah. so they go down there at about 45 miles an hour Jesus. Then they jump a gap and do some trick over that. Yeah. Then they land into another transitional ramp and then they fly off the end of that and then go, you know, 25 feet in the air and then hopefully try and land back down. I, I don't even <laughs> – it's too much. When I first started watching the X Games, because I wasn't like – obviously I'm an insane sports fan, but I remember, let's say this is like, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. Maybe like, maybe like 10 years ago. Right. I'll start, I started watching some X Games, you know, and I – it's not really, it's just not my thing, right? Right, right, right. But I, I was, I, it's so impressive. It's unbelievable it because it's like one of the, it's like when these people say, oh, you're a skateboarder, you're not an athlete, you're a NASCAR driver. Oh. I'm like, no, these are tremendous athletes, you know? Incredible. Incredible athletes. Incredible athletes. So how was it for you, like, now st- you start working with, like, you know, a skateboarder? You know, like, well, like, how does that transfer? It, you know, is it just like an injury is an injury or like, what do you do? Well, no, what was interesting that I learned early on that Paul taught me is putting their training environment harder than their play environment, which is their competition environment. Well, how do you take a guy who's jumping the Great Wall of China and make his training environment harder? So he has what's called neural reserve. So he can handle then that level of performance. So what do you mean by neural, is it neural reserve? Neural reserve is when you go onto the playing field and your training environment is higher than what you have to do. So then you can execute through the mind and everything what you need to do. Okay. Most training um, does not have the neural reserve. Okay. And so um, taking an athlete, an athlete's like that, you've got to really step it up and make their training environment higher than their play environment. What's higher than the Great Wall? Well, exactly. <laughs> That's why you start, you know, using the Swiss balls and jumping on them and yeah. standing on them. But not- I've seen you train uh, Paul. Yeah, Paul Rodriguez. Paul Rodriguez, who's model good looking. Uh, but I went in for a back appointment and I saw some of the stuff that you did with Paul what was it that I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe that guy can do that. He was standing. Everything. Yeah. No, his body is insane. But anyway, I just jumped a shark there. But um, uh, all right. So you have to make the environment. So so this guy jumps the Great Wall of China. Right. Yeah. And then you have to come back. And now here's a here's a couple questions. You're physically. All right. This guy comes in. All right. Uh, the, the guy that has the ACL. Was that right. Danny? That was Danny okay. too. Okay, yeah. so Danny comes in. He blo- he blows out his ACL. He's got six weeks. You hope that he can compete, right? Mm-hmm. So you're taking a patient from uh, because there's a lot of people that just do okay. I'm going to rehab your knee, right? But you you not only are a physical therapist, you know, or I don't know what the titles exercise are. Or exercise kinesiologist. Okay, that's what we use. But you're also. Uh, you're you know bringing the knee back to life right these are obviously non-medical terms that's okay uh but then you start training you know what i mean like all i knew growing up was like my physical therapist right right he could he got me back walking and and if my back was out before i met you i would i would go into physical therapy they do these exercises put stem ice you know what i mean but they're not giving me they were never like this is now when you leave this is your program. I mean, some of them were, I mean, as far as stretching. Right. But like, how did you take, is that because of the, the, the training background? It is. And, and how I looked at it, you know, you get these athletes that are just so driven yeah. and then they can't do their sport. It's like a bear with a sore head. Yeah. And so I found earlier on that the injuries were a blessing in disguise to fix a weakness in the body and make it a strength. Okay. And so using that approach earlier on was really good. And it also takes their mind to somewhere else knowing that they're still achieving something. Yeah. Because you know, they're high, high achievers. Yeah, oh God, yeah. And so then making them like, what happens in rehab? They're like, let's just get you going so you can maybe still walk down the block. Yeah. We're like, okay, let's go so maybe you can like maybe run a 10K or something like that. I'll go up like five notches. Okay. And that empowers the person. It makes them feel better. And they don't come from this like, you know, oh, oh shit, poor me, this happened to me, you know, blah, 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 I'm wounded now. Yeah. I'm like, no, 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 you're actually going to be more powerful and stronger than you've ever been. 
Okay. So that's really interesting. Like, for instance, mm-hmm. just yesterday, Paul George of the Indiana Pacers, he's playing summer league in the NBA. Right. He, I don't know if you saw that on TV, he split his, he literally broke his leg, but he split his like fibula and tribula. I'm making tibia. up words. Yeah, tibia. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I should be Patch <laughs> Adams. Um, but I mean, it, 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 like uh, the dude Ware from Louisville, who just like he came down i haven't watched the video because he's one of my favorite players and i cannot watch the video of his leg breaking i i just i love him so much and uh but snapped his leg just came down on it wrong and snapped his leg in half and the quote today of course you have to say this is like he's gonna be back better you know stronger than ever and i'm like is he you know what i mean like i know you have to put that out there but like you know but you're saying essentially, though, okay, so here's, if we just take this example, we take Danny Way's example, okay, here's a weakness, right? Mm-hmm. So you're looking at the knee and you're like, all right, I'm going to build up every area like around it to support it. Absolutely. And so you get, you get Danny or like Paul George thinking, okay, yeah. this is, this, this is what we got to focus on and we're going to ramp up all these other areas so you can be better than ever. Yeah. Am when, I saying this correctly? Yeah. And when they start back out, you know, on the court or on their, their sport, yeah. I don't stop there. Yeah. We keep going. We yeah. We keep, keep going and we keep focusing on it. We keep attention on it because you don't want it to cause an imbalance and then, you know, another thing happens and stuff like that. So, yeah. 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 So you're, you're really, you know, you're not only building up the whole leg or the knee or whatever, but like psychologically, Massively, yeah. right? It's got to be like, I was just thinking, all right, you're his, this dude is, let's just take Paul George, right? Mm-hmm. This dude is at the top of his game. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was always really good, but in the last two years, he's become He's reached another level in his basketball playing where right. he is just like an absolute pleasure to watch, right? right? That's why it's like double. It's it's heartbreaking for any athlete, you know what I mean, uh, to go down and have a horrible injury. But I love, I just love how this dude plays, right? Right. So, and this happened with Derrick Rose of Chicago Bulls, he, you know, blows out his knee, tries to come back, blew out his, I think, I think I'm saying this right. I think he blew out his other knee or blew out his knee again. And psychologically... Like what these guys and women obviously uh, yeah. have to go through to come back at that level must be like, do you see that a lot in these athletes? Yeah. Like when they get hurt, you yeah. know, like working with Rob too, he's a, an insane star. Right. Has he gone down like where, you know what I mean? Like you have to beef up these athletes psychologically. You have to because otherwise, and, and it and it carries over to, to regular life too. I mean, it's called life. Yeah. And you know, you want to build that mental tenacity as well. And it's, and it's interesting to see how an athlete handles it. And it brings up a lot of stuff. Yeah. But again, it's putting them in an environment where they can heal. Yeah. And um, it's, you know, obviously, you know, we, especially with Paul, we've been preventing, we've prevented a lot of injuries because I've really got him to a level that it's just unbelievable that, you know, yeah, he might sprain his ankle instead of breaking it. Yeah. And that, you know, he was doing some crazy ball work where I was like, uh, I was like, I, I, he was standing on like a yoga ball or something. He yeah. was doing something so crazy. Yeah. He does a lot. Like, yeah, he makes it look so easy. He but made it look so easy. I was like, I think that dude's actually just standing on a yoga ball or I don't know what it was. It was unreal. But what happens is when he misfires on, you know, a trick or something like that, he can catch himself without breaking a bone or so. Yeah. And I just had another guy recently. Unfortunately, I didn't get to work with him long enough to open up his proprioception and ankle flexibility and broken separate his ankle wow and out all year oh wow and that that was just tough because i just like gosh i just needed a few more months yeah but um you know it, it was interesting because um then paul did something and he's like i can't believe i didn't break my ankle yeah and you're and like well we beefed up everything else exactly so yeah. you put you put up all these um um, support systems, as I say, with the body. Yeah. So it can respond to that. And it's the same thing with a tennis player as well. She never got injured. So there she could keep a ranking going and she got, you know, she got to the highest she could possibly get to. I remember her. her. I remember watching Aisugiyama. Yeah. She was amazing. <clears throat> never got injured while I was working with her. And that's the whole thing with athletes. What I haven't missed a stand-up show since I've been working with you. You what? I haven't missed one stand-up show since I've been working really? with you. Uh-huh. That's awesome. If I literally had like, like my back went out like pre, I mean, obviously I'm joking, I'm joking, but I'm not joking. Yeah. 
I would be out for week, like we, like I couldn't function. Right. You know what I mean? And I think part of it too is when you're working with like a really kick-ass trainer, right. no matter what job you, wh- right. whatever job you're doing, like I do stand-up comedy right. and I have a, cr- you know, horrible back. Right. But when you like, when you flip a switch or you're working with someone great where you're like, you know what? Like I can push myself physically. Like I can do more. Because God forbid, worst case scenario, I tweak something or I pull something. Like I was like, well, I have Alex. <laughs> like, right. like it is calm. It's like calming where you're like, it's not gonna be like the you know, it's not gonna be the end of the world. Like I can keep, like I can do this. Right. You know. Yeah. And so let's talk about um, let's talk about sort of your philosophy and what you're doing right. and your training. Right. You know, as opposed to like you know, Adrian Michaels or like a like you know, you put in the video and you train. Like yeah. how, like, how do you see the industry now? And like, let's talk about that. Cause that's changed, so yeah. interesting. Um, my big thing has always been educating someone on how their body works and why it's, you know, they have that weakness in yeah. their knee or their back yeah, or, yeah, yeah. you know, their neck or whatever it is. Yeah. Cause that's just how their physical body's built is educate them and empower them on that because it's something they'll probably always have to pay attention to. Yeah. And then that's the other thing that we talked about is, you know, observe your body learn how it functions because you're the only one of you yeah 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 there's no one else the same and then listen to it and then make sure you take care of that yeah because the body's really smart and letting us know what's going on and i think in today's era we're like we're, we're going so flat out yeah and you know technology this that and the other and then we're going flat out with keeping fit and looking good and all that and it's just breaking up us down so much that i think we're everyone's melting down and having freaking like meltdown episodes more now yeah because we're not doing any restorative work to like you know stretch or go meditate or balance ourselves out it's like let's go right and, and that's the old way of training and i think yeah like more reps more reps more let's yeah. just keep going until we freaking just like yeah. end up in the grave or in a padded cell because we just can't handle <laughs> it anymore yeah and i'm just like it's just it was fine back in the day yeah but we didn't have the world that we're living in where yeah. there's so much information for our brains and it's the same thing even with the athletes they're having to handle so much more like back in the day when i was there there was no ipods there was no this we'd had like a little tape deck and put our earplugs yeah, in yeah. and off we'd go for three hours we didn't have to deal with the crap that we have to deal with life i yeah, should say yeah life is different now yeah and so you have to respond differently yeah and i think the hard you know i had a friend the other day she was like i started this new job and I've got to get up at five in the morning to do my spin classes and then do my hard this and do my that. And she's got two kids and that. I was like, why? And she's literally about to have a nervous breakdown. And I'm yeah. just like, why don't you go and take a yoga class? Why don't you go stretch? Why? And that's the thing. Like, It's like, let's see how hard we can go until we fall apart. And we've got to change that mentality. Athletes as well, non-athletes and athletes, we have to change that. Otherwise, we're just not functioning properly. Yeah, yeah. So you're saying like, well, obviously it's on an individual, you know, individual by individual basis, yeah. right? So it's sort of like not pressing and not going twenty four seven. Like, figure out in your schedule right. and in your body what you need to get through the day to be the to perform optimally. Yeah, you know, I had a guy the other day who's in his early 60s and had every spinal problem, like my jaw dropped when I saw the, the MRI, dropped. Yeah. In four weeks, the guy's out of pain. He meditates though every day for 45 minutes, still spins, still like swims, still does everything. But it was, and it was such an epiphany for me to like, okay, here's someone who is not recovering as quickly as like a 25 year old, but is doing everything balance wise and is just changing his body. And it's amazing. Well, what happened? Like when you were working with him, why, like, how did you get him back on track? Well, the fact that he was um, open to healing, he's got he's not stressed yeah he meditates every day did he meditate before yeah okay he did yeah yeah you know he did and then as i gave him these restorative exercises he just paced himself really well and i said still do spin still do this i said i don't want you running right now but still allowed him to like live his life and now it's he's in no pain for the first time in like 15 years that's so great and then you take you know someone who isn't you know as balanced and it's just harder getting the results yeah you know yeah 
And also, yeah, it, it is. The, I think that's what probably co- keeps like this profession like so interesting, right? Yeah. Because you know you're dealing with so many different injuries, and in and, and so like you know, and these professional athletes too, like their bodies. I mean, especially like the skateboarders. Like right. when I started, you know, getting to know you better, and I know you're working with uh, with Rob, and I remember you saying like his like he's a phenomenal athlete, obviously, right. you know. And uh, we're talking, by the way, about uh, Rob Durdick and. Um, you know, he's been a professional skateboarder for so long. Yeah. But I remember how you're constantly, you know, working with him and doing all these different ex- exercises and the gluten and the, you know, like sort of the diet well, and the, huge too. yeah, yeah. You, you know, now we've come up with food sensitivities, which is kind of part of what took me out of my pro career. Yeah. And I've seen with a few of my athletes, it's not everyone. Yeah. But it is real. It is. I can't even tell you how real it is. Because it causes an inflammatory response. Yeah. So you're trying to get over an injury and you're putting, you know, an inflammatory food into your mouth every day. The body's not going to heal. And it also d- does all these things to the gut and the hips and this, that and the other. And um, it's amazing just getting off it. And that's a whole psychological component too. Well, yeah. No, I mean, it's there's just so many factors for you're saying like for optimal response. Right. You know what I mean? Um, one, uh, one thing I want to talk to you, then we'll talk about some, uh, uh, some actual sports too, that we, uh, that we both love, um, yeah. is this whole, like, you know, when Alyssa was on your buddy, Alyssa, yeah. um, uh, she had done all that work, which we spoke about, about that with the Seattle Seahawks, yes. right? With uh, this mind body okay. connection and, and the yoga and the yep. meditating and, right. and I know, you're uh, now a licensed, aren't you? A yeah, I just got certified. Certified is yeah. the word for to be a, a yoga Kundalini teacher. Kundalini yoga instructor, yeah. Um, so, so how has that that sort of path that you went down, now you work with, with, with these athletes with, with, that, uh, with yeah. yoga? I, I have to tell you, it was like when I met Paul Check. It's been transformative and the type of yoga. I actually went in. Um, to do it for personal reasons. Yeah. <clears throat> and I remember Alyssa saying to me, um, this is going to change your career. I was like, really? I was like, okay. You know, it's a seven-month course. It was, it's gr- it was pretty grueling. And it's a meditative form. Yeah. It's not the physical forms of yoga like vinyasa and all that because, you know, I do enough, enough physical. I wanted the mind-body. And it's, you know, changed my life yeah. 100%. And then I started incorporating it with some of my athletes and also the way I actually work with clients now. And my intuition got stronger and then adding the intuition and then my knowledge, it's like I'm just help, you know, it's guiding me better to help people, you know, heal. And then with the athletes, it's just been amazing in... You know, they have to deal with so much more before competition now than yeah. what we did. You're and saying like a lot of these athletes always, they have like photo shoots oh, and interviews and all this stuff. And this how do you stuff. get them to focus? Right. right. So how I look at it is, as I said to my guy, I'm like, you know, physically you're really fit. Yeah. Right. We've got that down. We're just maintaining. Let's work, as Alyssa says, from the neck up. Yeah. Right. Which is no one's really doing that strongly. And the more endurance the mind can get through meditation, the more it can handle. Yeah. It's that simple. It's like training the freaking mind. And so, you know, it's like you can't train once every two weeks and expect to, you know, perform well physically. It's something you've got to really get committed to. And I've noticed a difference as well. You know, um, there's this saying like, you know, when life happens and, and, and shit happens and the storm comes, you want to be rooted like a tree and just sway with it. You don't want to go with the storm. Sure. And that's what... Why I say that all the time. <laughs> and that's what it does. And so you're not reacting and you can yeah. stay centered. But, you know, the demands of these athletes are so much more now. By the time they deal with the demands of that, the demands of everything else they have on the li- in their life, and then they come to game day, they their, their their mental tank is empty. Yeah. And then they revert back to old patterns. Yeah. And I've seen it happen. And I'm just like, okay. but So I, you got to get into like a routine with them on game day to pull, put yeah. all that aside. Yep. And do, so, so you sort of work a routine, yep. physical, mental, yep. whatever it is and say, all right, this is, this is what yep. you need to do. Your competition's at two o'clock, you know. Right. Start in the morning and be like, this is how you get there. Yeah. We've got to clear the subconscious mind out pretty much. Oh, my and God. Every single day I try to clear my know, subconscious so, And then, you know, knowing the athlete, I will work on certain careers and meditations with them yeah. that is specific for them, which is even better. That's so cool. Um, they don't always know what it is. It yeah. doesn't matter. It's part of my job to observe, listen, and learn. Yeah. 
with them and then give them those tools. And I, I, it's just been great. But, you know, I, 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 I tread that very fine line between here's the information um, I'll give you a little nudge when you need it, but you need to have the own experience yourself. Yeah. Because that's way more powerful than, you know, my, co- screaming my, at them. Yeah. my coaches used to scream at me and push me and this, that and the other. And I, I don't work that way. I want you to have the experience yourself because when you have that, that's just way more powerful. Yeah. Sounds fantastic. I'm just there just to give you the info. Well, yeah, but you're also really good. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and for listeners who, um, uh, like new listeners or last couple of weeks or, w- or whatever, check out the episode with uh, Alyssa Aronik because she is an ESPN writer that sort of um, launched the story of uh, Pete Carroll preseason last year, uh, taking all his players and introducing the meditation and the yoga, um, you know, which hadn't been done before. I think maybe individual players, I'm sure, but this is like group meditation, group yoga, adding it into uh, yeah. and the weightlifting and the running or whatever yeah. Yeah. to sort of, you know, do exactly what you were talking about. And uh, yeah, they won the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, uh, not just won it, but yeah, it was just, just a slaughter. And watching that, because I, you know, I like watching the finals of a lot of sports. Yeah. There was something beyond – that wasn't just an athletic team working together. That was a mind-body connection within the team. Yeah. And it was it was just unbelievable. What I loved about that is, you know, you see, especially at a Super Bowl or anything really big, you'll, you'll see um, uh, times where it shifts and then, you know, if they're on it, they're like, okay, the defense is going to, like, try and get on them here or the offense is going to do this. They just never allowed it. It was like the brick wall was up. Oh, yeah. And, and that's the thing, not just teamwork, but the same thing, you know, with some of my individual athletes. They're like, well, this happened. I'm like, shit happens. Yeah. Shit freaking happens. But when you are so strong um, – mentally and you've got your subconscious mind cleared out with all the crap that's going on in your life god knows like what your mother said to you yesterday or whatever you're not going to be affected and you can stay focused on what you're going to do and when i hear the excuses and all that it's just like it's a weak mind yeah. it's a weak mind unfortunately and but you can change it yeah you totally can change it that's awesome i'm ready to change my weak weak mind <laughs> No, I have a strong mind and a real th- thirst for red wine. Okay. <laughs> that is super fantastic. Uh, I love all of this. It's just such an, it's just a really interesting perspective. That's yeah. why I was like, oh my God, you have to be on this podcast. Okay. Um, all right. Let's talk some sports and then uh, we'll wrap it up. Um, we were talking back and forth about, uh, obviously, you know, you, you train tennis, you're a triathlete and a big tennis fan, but you recently have gotten, you started watching boxing and some <laughs> MMA, which is totally fun. Well, Rob got me into MMA and, uh, way back and I was really fascinated with the athleticism. It's unreal. And the mental component because you can't have a low mental moment because you'll get the crap beaten out of you. Yeah. I watched that girl recently too. Ronda Rousey. I'm obsessed. freaking real. So go on, and this is a shout out. I'll, I'll just stop and then we'll come right back on uh, uh, ESPNW.com, which is a phenomenal website, which I try to plug yep. all the time. They have new, last summer they did uh, um, uh, 9 for 9, the 40th uh, anniversary right. of Title Nine. Right. And so it looks like maybe every summer they're going to do some sort of it. But uh, they have a new, maybe four or five new 9 for 9 shorts. And I just started watching them. Uh, one was on uh, Payne Stewart, the golfer that died. Uh, oh, really? 10, 14, 15 <laughs> yeah, years ago. Crash. But his wife and how, like, her relationship, because it usually features women, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Brittany Griner, Ronda Rousey. Um, that's all I've gotten so far. I think there's uh, two ma- other oh, ones. Awesome. But go com. It's also, I think, on an ESPN channel, but you can watch it online on ESPNW.com. But one okay. of them's on Ronda Rousey, and it's so good. I have, an, I have a small obsession with her. She's that unreal. was unreal. And so the uh, so Rob got me into the MMA stuff and everything. And then uh, recently I watched that Canelo... Um, uh, uh, Lara. Lara <clears throat> boxing. Yeah. Canelo Alvarez played Earth Landy Lara. Some of my boys. Yeah. Boy athletes. And they were educating me on it. And I am just so hooked. And what was awesome about that, you know, they went all, all 12, 12 rounds... rounds. And it was a split decision. But what I loved about it is, you know, Canelo's just amazing. and um, He's from Mexico, right? He's from Mexico. Yeah. But what I loved about it is this young kid from Cuba comes in and I have never seen anyone. Like, he really studied his opponent. And he was so quick 
on his feet. I heard he was doing a lot of running, right? Well, they, he got criticized of that, but he made it so quick all the time. Oh, you got to do what you got to do. Exactly. You got to do what you, you can't get do. a knockout if you can't get it. Exactly. I would just play hide and, and go seek if I was a boxer. Land much because yeah. this guy was so damn quick. Yeah. After, you know, obviously some did land and get in the crap beaten out of him, but I was so impressed at how he he used his strength of quickness. And it goes back to, you know, I'll tell you a really cool thing that I did with Sugiyama too. And I just loved how he figured out a way, and we all thought he should have won. He should have beaten Canelo. Really? 100%. Wow. He landed, he landed more punches, right? Um, yeah, it was it, – yeah, it was – that's awesome. It was it was just amazing. But he was so quick. But he'd go in, boom, 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 and then he'd back out. In, boom, boom, and he was so quick. It was just awesome, you know, like tons of. Yeah, I'm sorry I missed it. I was out of town. I was like, I just saw like the highlights. But, uh, you know, I don't I don't really seek out boxing. But when I do, I'm like, oh, this yeah. is awesome. Yeah, well, that's what. Yeah, got. yeah. And, and where was We'll watch the next uh, pay-per-view one together. It was like when I was working with Sugiyama. You know, she's 5'6". Tiny, yeah, and I was having to, de- you know, you know, deal with the, you know, Serena Williams and Lindsay Davenport and Maria Sharapova's, the six foot girls who were yeah. big, who just have the leverage to blast you off the court. And I was like, well, how can we actually get her? Because she was smaller, the smaller athletes are always faster. How can we get her to beat these girls? And she actually beat every one of them. And what we did is we had her. Um, be so strong in her core that when these missiles come at her, <laughs> she takes it early and then the power of that ball that they've just hit gets ricocheted back, but she's able to hold the strength with her core and direct the ball that, that ends up going back twice as fast. The bigger girls don't move as much yeah. and they can't get to the ball. And it was a real mind – she she's got such a strong mind anyways. Yeah. But having to connect – that way with the mind body, and when she did it, she beat them. That's so and it awesome. Was amazing. I remember. I totally remember Sugiyama. But a lot of girls would be like, "Oh, I'm not going to beat them because they're too big. They're too powerful." Yeah. It's like no. Focus on what your strength. She can take the ball early. Yeah. And she moves really, really fast. But we had to then get her the strength in order to be able to keep all that together. Because I mean, it's like Lena. I mean, that, right. she's tiny. I mean, she's right. a thin lady. She's like also my new favorite because really? <laughs> her post-game speeches are like the greatest ever. Oh, really? I oh, my God. Either. I'm going to send you a link in the yeah. Sports With All Balls fans. I did talk about this. Like a, like when she won Aussie or French this year. Maybe it was Aussie. Uh, yeah. I think it was Aussie. She Open won she Aussie. Won. Yeah, yeah, she won Aussie. And, you know, she's always been really funny, right. you know, in interviews and stuff. Uh, but she had the entire stadium, like, l- like losing their minds. She was so funny and so gracious and so well-spoken. Like, she, you know, and there's also, like, you know, she has broken English. And, you know, right. there's just also something so endearing about, like, yeah. a broken, like, Chinese-American accent where she's trying to, like, you know right. what I mean? It was so endearing and adorable. Right. So she's like, she thanks her husband and she's like good for, good for you yeah <laughs> she's like sticking by me she's like i make you a lot of money <laughs> it's so, <laughs> so funny um i'm sort of obsessed with her but you know there's all these big kahunas and she's actually hurt i think at the moment right. um but that's what i like when an athlete figures out a way to yeah. manipulate their body for strength and you know, take out the bigger guns that are like, you know, bigger, bigger, you know, stronger yeah. and powerful. And yeah. I just, and that's what I loved about that boxing match. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. So I'm, I'm dying to see Mayweather fight next. I know. <laughs> I mean, in September. There is so many, uh, and he's so divisive. I mean, you either love him or hate him. Yeah. I mean, he's just, and then what is the matchup everyone's always wanting? It's uh, Mayweather and, oh, the dude from the Philippines. Oh, um, um, um May, uh, not Manny. 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 Uh, Pacquiao. Pacquiao. Yeah. 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 They always want those two. Like the yeah. egos in that. I yeah. mean, yeah. it would be like a gazillion dollar purse and yeah. everyone would just be like, that would be super fun. But yeah, I, you know, this is like kind of a really older reference, but uh, the first time I started really getting getting into boxing was the Olympics with Oscar De La Hoya. Right. Because, you know, women, I always say, like, you know, women, we watch sports differently, right? Right. Uh, I'm like, you know, a crazy stat head as well. Right. But as a lady, you ha- you hook me in with a story and right. I'll, I'll watch everything. Right. You know what Same. I mean? Like, we, I we do have that story component right. where right. we we approach it at a very human, like, sort of emotional level, you know? Uh 
and Oscar De La Hoya, I would probably say this is like 90s, maybe like mid 90s or something. I don't exactly know. Carol! God, she's now she's reading. You can't. She does not stop reading. She just gave me the finger. Uh, we can go back to the library. Late. You know, she's got an addictive personality. So it's either booze or now. Apparently, it's every book she can. Get. Yeah, you're put Shogun down and fact check something for me. All right. She's fact checking it. I'm fact checking it. Um, so De La Hoya was fighting. His mother had just passed away. And he's like, every match I step into the ring is for my mother. And my mom and I were watching this tears pouring down my face and that's how I got literally started watching boxing you know I'd heard of like obviously you know you see some big matches and you know the famous people and you know Ali and Frazier and all that stuff but how Mm. I got hooked on boxing was Oscar De La Hoya because every time he got into his match I was like he has to win for his mother he has to win for his mother you know what I mean like it was the greatest thing ever and that's how I got hooked on boxing I think he's working with Canelo yeah, I think Canella. he's like a trainer now, yeah, right? Because like, he was yeah. from Mexico, De La Hoya. Yeah. Although I think he was, I think he had, I, I think he was not, in the Olympics, I think he was uh, fighting for America. I think he was a, a citizen by then. Right. I, I could be wrong, whatever. But like, they can't have a bad moment in that ring. They'll get no. knocked out. No, I mean. And that's what I love about them. Like, I know they make, uh, they deserve the money they earn because it's like. It's just nonstop. You have, you have to be on it the entire time. It's like this podcast. It's like, I can't put the mic down for a second. I'm just saying, boxing's hard, but so is hosting a podcast, people. I have to be on. I have to be mind, body, physically, emotionally, mentally connected. I can't have a bad moment, Alex. I cannot have a bad moment. All right, check out boxing. All right, we've reached the end of the podcast. God, our timing is impeccable. Now, we always leave with the feel-good moment of the week. And I had something planned. Uh, this week we're going to double up because uh, last week I had to put Alex. Uh, I had to postpone it because I had a dub. I had a root canal back to back, which is pretty uh, fucking exciting. <laughs> uh, what would be a good one for? Yep, that would be that. That's that's the uh, <laughs> that's the sound of a root canal, pretty much. Uh, and so I had one planned, but Alex, I I was when we were prepping the podcast. And uh, because I was like, well, we have so much to talk about in the training department. Then I was like, well, what sports do you watch? And I'm always like, go on ESPNW because they always have the best stories. Uh, You have come up with the feel good moment of the week this week. I know. I'm I'm very, I'm very proud of you. I am. I I like this one a lot. This is a great story. Uh, And then uh, I will do another one uh, this week. But there's a fantastic woman named Natalie Nakase. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. she is uh, just, she's actually the video, she's the assistant video coordinator for the LA Clippers, right? But she has made it known that she wants to be an NBA coach one day, right? She's 5'2", she played basketball for UCLA four years, brilliant basketball player, played in the Women's Professional League before it was the WNBA, and uh, just got named head coach of the Clipper Summer League. I know. She's the first woman, the first yeah. female uh, coach in the NBA. Okay, it's a summer league. I know, but what a great place to start. I mean, Doc, Doc Rivers is a freaking dreamboat, right? He I he just, made her head uh, the head coach of the summer league. As I I said to you twenty years ago, I had a conversation with Paul Check about you know being the first female in a position on a major league team, and when I saw the uphill battle with it and how difficult it was, you know, I went into other areas. So for her to do this yeah. is unbelievable. It's and so I'm awesome. so proud of her. I'm so proud. So, so Doc Rivers, head coach of the Clippers, uh, called her into his office. She thought she was in trouble. He yeah. pulled me in and said, uh, would you want to coach summer league? My first response was shock. She says, and then I said, yes, right away. Um, it may not be NBA's regular season. I'm quoting from the article. Uh, uh, but coaching the summer league is a huge deal. Uh, Nakase is the first female assistant coach in NBA history. So great. It's, it's so great. It's so awesome. It needs to happen more. Hopefully she's going to open up the doors for yeah. other, other other women. And also race-wise, she's she played for UCLA Bru- Bruins women's basketball team. And she became the first ever Asian American to play in the National Women's Basketball League. So she's checking it like on all fronts. It's yeah. so great. You need these stories because... Yes. I always say, like, uh, I've probably said this before, but when I first started going to WNBA games, and I've been obsessed, because that was my sport, you know, growing up, I love basketball so much. Um, 
if I was a little kid and I could have wa- I could have worn a, a professional female athlete's jersey. That's been like the greatest thing ever. You know, I wore like the football what? and the baseball dudes, whatever. And to see these little kids, you know, yeah. I go to see a lot of Sparks games now because I live out here. Right. Um, but I grew up, you know, like, you know, in the 90s, a crazy Liberty fan, which I still, of course, support. Um, but to see these little kids with Tarazi jerseys and Candace Parker jerseys and Tina Charles jerseys, it's like the greatest thing ever. Yeah. So yeah. now you have kids saying, oh, my God, I can I can do this. I can coach. Right. Like... I can keep playing and I can coach. Oh, women are women are great coaches. They just great add, coaches. A, add a different dimension. Yeah, you know, totally. Yeah. So that is a feel good moment of the week. Congratulations, Natalie Nakase, for uh, coaching in the summer league. L.A. Clippers coach, so great. That's awesome. Uh, Alex, we just killed it. High five. That was you fun. are you are fantastic. So, Thank you. how do people uh, uh, find you? What like tell me about where you can go and whatever. Um, my website's icoresports.com. I c o r e s p o r t s dot com. Um, I have an app out with Paul that's got some really cool stretch stuff that's like a buck ninety nine. That's awesome. What is um, that app? Um, it's on Apple, and you just search Icore Skate Stretch. Okay. Um, and it's the stuff I use with other people, but it's something him and I did, and it's really good graphics, all this kind of stuff. Ah, Tons super of cool. information if you just want some really awesome stretching and foam rolling and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then my website. That's so great. Wait, what's your website? iCoreSports.com. Oh, iCoreSports.com. Yeah, and there's a bunch of videos yeah. on there. There's a bunch of little I'm telling you people, I still do the, I still watch these videos. Uh, the stuff that Alex has given me has saved me time and time again. It just makes you feel just so much better and so much more empowered. And it doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete or you just want to play basketball for another 10 exactly. years. You know what I mean? Just do, do these workouts. And uh, if you're lucky enough, one day you will work with my friend Alex because she's amazing. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much. How thank cool. You. I love this. You. Your perspective is fantastic. Thank you. It's something new and fresh and fun. Uh, Sports Without Balls fans have the best week of your life.